Oh yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change with me, Vactor, and your boy, Jeff W. We're back to give you our take on everything that's going on in pop culture right now. And if you would like, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. Jeff is Jeff W. And our actual podcast itself is Seasons underscore podcast. So let's go right into the season, Jeff. It's the season of Why the Last Man. Yeah. Now, this was a highly anticipated show, which it was FX on Hulu. Uh, or I don't know if, doesn't FX have like an FX Plus or something, an FXX or something? I, I think, don't know. I think, that is, I think it is FX on Hulu. I, they, they might have another service, but I think it's FX on Hulu, I want to okay. say. And then like, yeah, I, like it's on FX, but this thing went through like hell, right? Like uh, development hell for a long yeah, time. Yeah, what was the original... Do you remember oh, where man. you were when when this originally was announced as a it was a movie first? Yeah. Well, I remember it was, at some point Trachtenberg was involved, yes. right? I remember at one point they had um what's the even Stevens guy uh that I'm blanking on? Um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. They had Shia LaBeouf attached yes. to it. And then they had that one Irish kid attached to it who left the show, I think, right? Um I can't remember his name either. Um, yeah, I don't remember where I first was when I when I heard this. You know, you know the the biggest thing I can remember, and it, I think there's a Trachtenberg quote somewhere. Maybe I can pull up the article. They had mentioned that Brian K. Vaughn had talked about because me and you came up with Brian K. Vaughn stuff. He had talked about, hey, the rights are going to revert yes, in a few months I think, because it doesn't look like something's going to happen, right? And I think that may be a, what actually kickstarted it because when I go to this production or the development on the wikipedia page it starts at october 2015 now you know there this goes back farther than 2015 because yeah that shia labeouf rumor or casting was it was when he was off of transformers it was like when he was hot on transformers and then he had yep. that um disturbia he had that movie come out yeah and then they were like oh yeah his next thing is gonna be wide last man um dj caruso was gonna direct it and he directed disturbia and some other things, um, and he was hot at the time. And now I don't, I don't know if you remember this. Agent three fifty five. At one point, Alicia Keys was going to play her. Oh my god! I couldn't see her. Now, <laughs> no, she's she's my number one most attractive mm. woman in the world. Besides behind my wife. wife, behind your wife, yeah, don't. But I couldn't see her. In this role, now she was in Smoke and Aces, and that was yeah. she was like a hitman, and she was supposed to be you know bad, but mm -hmm. I couldn't see her doing action. So I think who they got in this show, which we'll talk about, um, was a good casting. But going back to the start of it, basically, Why the Last Man is a comic book by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. Yep. That is one of the one of my favorite comic books of all time. Brian K. Vaughn is my favorite writer of all time. And Why the Last Man is the very first comic that I think I was like recommending to people to read. Yeah. And it it's came out in 2000. You recommended to me as oh, well. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it would have been one of the ones where you were like, hey, you need to read this. Yeah. Yeah. It came out in 2002, if you can believe it. Not and it ran till 2008. And kind of like Saga, which is his current book, there was like delays it wasn't like a, a monthly book that came out and just mm -hmm. from start to finish. So there was only 60 issues that came out. Fantastic book. Highly recommend to everybody out there. And you you got all the deluxe 
hardcovers, right? Yeah, I got all the yeah. absolute. Are they called absolutes? I think on on that print or whatever that's printed uh, they, through. Vertigo? They have both. There's a deluxe oh. and there's an absolute. Is it how big is it? Like, is it? Oh, it's it's massive. Yeah. Okay. It's so you probably got the absolutes. Yeah. It's it's probably the what the largest thing this has been printed on for sure. Okay. I've yeah. never seen anything bigger than the those books that I have. I can. Yeah. I'll find the link. But yeah, those are yeah they're called absolutes uh, on Amazon. Just a general like overall. Did you enjoy? The series itself, why let the comic series? Why let comic? Man. Yeah, I would say I'd say it ranks. There's a and it's it borrows heavily from Preacher, which I read after the fact, probably oh, okay. like because you know you probably recommended to me that like probably early on when we first met, so probably like oh eight oh nine, you know, somewhere around in there. Like if you figure we met probably around oh seven, around Halo three, right? It'd be yeah. like oh eight oh nine. So I would have read it then. And I actually finished it digitally back then. I was reading on my computer oh, nice. before I had like an iPad or a tablet, yeah. I think, even at that point. Right. And uh, yeah, I would rank those two as my favorite. Like if somebody were to like ask for something. Nice. Like those would be the first. Those would be the first. Preacher two. and really, why. Yeah, Preacher and why. And really, I, I, I throw Preacher in there. Why I read first. But when you read one, the other one's so heavily. Like why is so heavily influenced. It's the uh, like the road trip across the world, America, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Really the world. Cause they're international on both the, the travel and then just, yeah, they're, they borrow why borrows from that. So I, those are always the two I recommend. I would recommend preacher if you're not, uh, or if you're okay with like gore cursing, you know, more, more so than why, why is a little lighter on that stuff. But, um, yeah, those are my two favorite comic series of all time. Hands down. Nice. Yeah. And, Anything Brian K. Vaughan has written, I have enjoyed. So, like I yeah. said, I've always recommended Y to people. And, and for those who are not, um, or who don't know, Y is basically a post-apocalyptic book where everything on Earth with a Y chromosome dies, except for the two main guys, York and his capuchin monkey, Ambersand. And it's like just complete global a- androcide. Like yeah. just the complete wiping out of of the male population, and especially back in two thousand two, this was a like really novel thing. Like this was not yeah. an idea, and it's like you have to place yourself back in that time period when when you're thinking about a lot of these ideas. Things yeah. have come after this, like I would say, Walking Dead, like mm-hmm. things like the that apocalyptic. Um, what would you do at the end of the at the end of the world, right? And yeah. things like that, they've come after it. But why was, a, I think, a huge inspiration for a lot of those things. And it was a Vertigo title that was like every, pretty much everything Vertigo was putting out at that time was like yeah. out of knocking it out of the park. You yeah. see it on the TV show. It says based on a DC comic, Vertigo was like its own separate entity. But it was yeah. it was under DC's umbrella. But it was like the more mature. They would have blood. They would have sex. They would have cursing, nudity, cursing. everything. So yeah. it was almost like the HBO of DC. So mm-hmm. even in my mind, I don't really think of those two as the same because you didn't see Superman flying around in Why the Last Man's World, yeah, or you, or vice versa, or you would never see like a DC mural with all their characters right. and then have like York and Ampersand right. in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I I always put those things separate, but I guess you know they want to promote DC when they're on the TV show yeah, based on a DC comic, and that's yeah. what, that's what comes up there. But um, yeah, so it's been a long road 
from 2002 all the way till 2021. It's almost been 20 years since the comic first originated. And we got the first three episodes of this television show. What did you think? You watched all three. I've, I've only watched the first two. First so what two. did you think of uh, the, the first three episodes? So, so a couple things, because you mentioned something that I was thinking exactly when I was watching this. So I'll get to that in a second. Um, I would say the first two are slow, especially that first episode to yeah. me. Yeah. Really slow. Like, and I, and I, and I, you know, I don't know anybody else watching it. I know our friends Garrett and Bree were watching it and they seem to like it. But I think for me and you, from our perspective, it was a little bit slow, maybe a little boring. I would even yes. say, like, I don't know if it's going to capture people right away, but mm-hmm. I think this can be a show that catches you in the later episodes. And I yes. will say you haven't got to the third one, but the third one definitely is the most entertaining of them so far. Oh, nice. I think okay, one good. premiered again. I think one added to, to FX on Hulu last night. Um, oh, nice. Uh, I think it was last night or the night before, whatever it was. Okay. I think there is a fourth episode about up now, though. Either way, it will be probably by the time we yeah. put this up uh, the next day or something. And um, so to go back to what you were saying, when you mentioned The Walking Dead, all all I could think about when I was uh, when I was watching it and I was coming to the realization that I was like, man, like, you know, I was hyped for this TV show. Like I was really, you know, excited to see what they did, especially with it going back to Brian K. Vaughn. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I even even if the show sucks, I'm more comfortable with it being uh, approved by him rather than it being in some contract and like some studio choosing everything that happens to it. You know, uh, right. So I, I regardless of how good this show is, I'm comfortable with the the, uh, you know, adaptation. Right. Like it doesn't feel gross to me. Or anything um so I, that's number one but then number two when watching it and we can get into some of the differences if you have some differences you want to point out too but like all i could think about was like what you remember when walking dead the show came out <laughs> you remember when it leaked uh and it came yes. out <laughs> yes and it was like there was no other show like this it was gonna be a serialized you know or whatever that word would be for a zombie show that yeah, had right. never been done before yes apocalyptic and I'm thinking to myself, and then like you know, you have the the uh, the black female character who is like super capable, probably the strongest of them all with her uh, abilities, you know, in terms of like fighting and, and maneuverability, you know, doing things right. and making stuff happen. And all I could think about the whole time, I was like, man, like what if this was that show? Like what if AMC got a hold of this show instead of Walking Dead, and you would have yeah. had this? Like would I don't know if it would have had maybe the same impact because the zombie thing, you know, uh, you know. Uh, appeals to maybe like a horror crowd that like yeah. last man might not mm-hmm. but like it like just if you if you got that production like before that because this feels so similar those yeah. opening scenes of him you know going through the city uh and scrounging for stuff with ampersand it feels so similar to that first episode of walking dead to me it's yes. all well, like i i don't think you can look put them both side by side and compare them but um it just like when I was watching it, that was the first thing I was thinking. I was thinking of Rick waking up and him walking through the streets uh, and finding stuff. And I'm like, man, like then I think that uh, lessened, you know, or uh, whatever reduces the quality of the episode for me yeah. because it's like I've already seen this. You know, what it's I mean? like, not it as novel. Much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the perfect word. Yeah, yeah. And it and so I will say, like, you know, I'm comfortable with it, but I don't, you know. And then they do change some stuff. There is. Um, I don't even want to say some stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of major differences if I had like a list of comparisons, right? But just going off of my memory in the show, um, it's in the ballpark. It's close. There's weird things that happen. Like uh, his sister 
killing the guy in the ambulance. I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen in the book. Mm-mm. And that was like a weird thing because she, in the book, she transitions to that character. She becomes that, but they, but they play this early like tease to that, which I did not like because you're supposed to be like, you know, like, oh, this is a good person that has just right. went totally off the rails, you know, once the apocalypse or the male apocalypse has happened, you know, like it's right. like total out in the wild west on bikes and shit, you know? Um, so that struck me as weird why they would throw that in now. Like, why not keep her as like a positive or like a, you know, a protagonist, you know, in the story until later um, when it becomes like a weird gray area. And um I'm trying to think what else. And also, I like so the Irish actor will pull up the link and I'll find him. I can't I can't think of his name. It's a weird name. It's not, you know, American or whatever, <laughs> English. Uh yeah, or you know, technically maybe it is. But anyway. I like the guy they have playing as York. I don't like who they had before. Like just visually, I think he looks like the guy I would think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's like annoying to me in the show a little <laughs> bit. Um there's like there's like it's like lacking some of the charm that I think you get from that comic. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what you thought of him, but, um, those have been kind of my two things. Like, what if this happened for the walking dead? And then what if they wrote Yorick a little bit different? Like you should like him. Like, I think in the book, I remember liking him more. It, right. You know what I mean? When I'm writing, I'm like, Oh, Hey, you know, he is like a fuck up or whatever it is to screw up. But like, you still like the guy. And I, I don't right. think you totally hate him in the show, but he seems annoying, like whiny a little bit. Um, and he was whining in the book too, but I, I just, I don't know, maybe there's just something missing from that character that I hope they can maybe fill the gaps in later. Yeah. I'm okay. trying to think if at the beginning of the comic, he was annoying because mm-hmm. I think they wrote, Brian K. Vaughn wrote him to be endearing. Like he's funnier. I think in the comic, just from my first couple of episodes I've seen in the show, he's not as funny. And I wonder if they're going to have him progress throughout the show maybe he becomes more likable because yeah now that i think about it when i was watching the show there wasn't anything specifically that endeared him to me and and was like oh yeah i want to i care about what's going on it's it's basically you're just trying to figure out hey why is he special why is this guy the one that survived um but you know what was interesting also was when that comic first came out there was a much different scene for transgender people than there is now and the the original comic didn't focus heavily on that it mentions like trans men had survived due to not having Y chromosomes and there's a whole like section that that goes into the comics but in this show i think they're going to focus on that more and actually i was reading something where the showrunners were talking about um the trans women with why chromosomes also dying as well as women with androgen insensitivity, insensitivity um, who were unaware they possessed Y chromosomes. Uh, showrunners also added a trans male character to the regular cast who doesn't have a direct counterpart in the original comic to expand the world building. So they have kind of fleshed it out a little bit just for 2021. And Brian K. Vaughn is uh, an executive producer as well as the artist Pia, Pia Guerra. So I'm sure he kind of probably had some influence on that as well. Like, what would you be, if you were writing it today, you know, what would you, how would you write it if it came out in 2020? Yeah. So I I find that interesting that they're kind of going in that 
direction. But even 20 years later, I think the original idea of it still stands as interesting. And, and it's kind of, it sucks that it's not as novel as it would have been if there was no or Walking Dead and if, it, if this had come out sooner. But I, I, think, I still think it's a strong enough idea that even our, our buddies over at the Geek So To Speak podcast, uh, Wonder Rob and Schaff, they were both, they have not read the comic and they're both interested just based off the premise of what if every man died? What yep. would it be like from a political standpoint, from a military standpoint, from a government standpoint? Like all of these things playing into their, you know, and, and they didn't specifically mention this in the, in the show, but in the comic, his mom is like the secretary of agriculture and yeah. she becomes a president because it's like every single person from the president down on was male. There was no Kamala Harris at this time. There was no female vice president. Yeah, I, was, I think she in the show is technically a senator. Oh, which, okay. but, but also gives you that same effect of you're right. like, oh shit, they're like, it goes way down the line for a senator to take yes. over as this, or like yeah. for that to be in the constitution for you to take that. Yeah, it still plays the same effect, but she's technically a senator, I think, in the uh, in the show. Yeah, yeah. But that was for me when I was reading the comic. That was one of the best things about it was thinking about all of those um, aspects or areas of our society and our life yeah. where that would would play out and how that would be. So as it was going on, it just encaptured me and, and really kept my attention. So mm-hmm. hopefully the show can continue. Like you said, th- the first couple episodes were really slow. And even the, the first episode itself, I had to split it up, um, not, because, not because of the show, but I was just doing stuff. And yeah. so we had to go somewhere. And that first half of it is when I first talked to you. And I was like, man, this is mm-hmm. not as good as the comic and it was because it was so slow, they were playing around with jumping around in time. And I didn't think that I, – I see why they did it now just to get you introduced to all those characters and say, oh, okay, you're supposed to care about them first. And then they go through this transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in the comic, you're just put right into it. Yeah. You're just thrown right into the the post-apocalyptic world. And then you figure out from there – like what oh wait a minute what happened you slowly slowly bits and pieces but you're you're definitely more in the like future or modern or um current time period rather than in the past like in the show yeah and i was just thinking that because i think my memory of it is like within there's a there's not very many panels i don't believe until you get to the part where you're seeing like blood like spewing from their mouth and noses of like men like garbage there's a one there's one where they're getting garbage in that yeah. first issue of that thing like that's one of the things where i was like i remember reading that and i was like oh shit this is gonna get crazy like if you're showing this you know what i mean like this has to be good because my in my mind before that when i was not reading any comics i'm always thinking just superheroes yes but then yes. i see that and i'm like oh wow like this is gonna get crazy and, and one other thing i would add to you know the novel idea is also like this is like an all-female cast too you know like the inch how interesting would that maybe have been you know 10 years ago even yeah. right or before yeah. you know all of the stuff that's happened you know in the last six years with you know different president changes or whatever uh that's also a thing that i thought would have been interesting to see maybe 10 years ago see what what does that play out like and i would say one other thing before i let you go too or not go but you know let you continue uh agent 355 and we mentioned this just before we started recording 
that might be the best casting of the mm. whole show, like of, of, my, of my image, yeah, of the person on you know, like obviously Pia drew that you know in the comic, but like I think her character they've nailed that look, they've nailed the vibe so far. Um, so as as much as Yorick is lacking for me, they nailed that one, and I think Diane Lane is good too as yeah. his mother. Um, right. so they've nailed it. It's just, it's such a mixed bag for me so far. I yeah. Think. That's what, you know, to say it. we were both anticipating this highly, heavily anticipating. And it was to the point where it was like, it had been pushed back so many times we had kind of forgot it was even coming out. And then all of a sudden, Hey, it's coming out next week. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it doesn't, I guess it just didn't live up to our hype because we, we had such high expectations from the comic and We've seen so much in terms of even if you're not a you know even if you've if you're not a comic fan, we've seen so many of these dystopian things and and Walking Dead is we keep going back to it. Walking Dead is like a huge one. It just doesn't feel as fresh as it did in 2002. So it's just kind of I guess bad timing. But hopefully the the storytelling and then kind of the way that they they do it can improve as the show goes on. It's supposed to be ten episodes. Yeah. For the first season, so yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll keep on keep an eye on Wide Last Man, just like with my recommendation for later in the episode. Everything on FX has been pretty good, so we'll continue every week. Every week, there's like I have to open that Hulu app on the iPad and watch as I like before I go to bed. That's like there's there's something out, you know, at least one, at least now twice a week, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm highly interested in. Yeah, I'm on Hulu's website right now, and this episode, episode four, airs tonight at 9 p.m. Okay, so, it's tonight then. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. going to be every Sunday night on Hulu, um, and I guess it's Monday on FX because when I went to the FX website, it says Mondays. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's um, Sunday night and then Monday airings of it. Yeah. So that was Wide Last Man. We're going to continue that, and if you want to hear my thoughts on the comic itself. You can also check out the latest episode of Geek, so to speak, my comic segment on there, Vector Loves Comics. I talk about, or I recommend Wide Last Man to the hosts, Robin Schoff, and then they talk about the show on their their big review segment. So check out the latest episode of Geek, so to speak, for some more of that. Now, Jeff has been reading some comics lately, both in the Star Wars universe and the Batman universe. So... Uh, the first one I want to get to is a recommendation that I had to you, and that is the 2015 Darth Vader book, which is just called Vader. Volume one is just called Vader. Yeah. And the book itself is just called Darth Vader. That's the full title. Yeah. Um, not to be confused confused with the 2017 series that has come out later, which is called Dark Lord of the Sith. Um, but this is Darth Vader's first ongoing comic series, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't even remember... Did I? I guess I just recommended it to you because you had you had come off of uh, Clone Wars, and I think Bad Batch was starting, and and I just recommended it to you because it's a. I just thought it was a really good comic set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and I think also Aaron was going through a bunch of stuff too, so it fell kind of in that. Okay, you were recommending to both of us, and he was yeah. looking for like Star Wars stuff. I think specifically, and then you um, were like. You both should read this. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. I would say, yeah, that is like if you're looking for the comic, like, yeah, it is 
like if you just search Vader comic, you're gonna have like a mismatch of you know different issues from different uh, series. Uh, so yeah, it's important to pay attention to that year um, on that. But yeah, the I guess the premise you know is it's giving you what time period would you say this covers? This covers I, I don't know where it would cover like off the top of my head just because you're you would know more obviously, but it's basically giving you like Vader's story. And like different events in his life, yes, as Darth Vader uh, yeah. from certain time periods, right? This is right after Episode Four, yeah. So he's like, this is a time period where he discovers Luke is his son. So it's it's yeah. before Empire Strikes Back, but it's after A New Hope. Yeah, and that's basically. I think this adds a lot of context that you mean you had had this discussion kind of at some point, but this is I think a context, like if you're not a fan of those movies, um, I mean, I, you know, or, or if it lacks certain things to you, I think, you know, filling it out with these comics and they have obviously the novels and, you know, there's a million other like mediums that star Wars is in, right. Uh, or has done things in, uh, I think these books so far, I'm through the first two volumes of this. Um, so Vader is, you know, he is, Basically, it's adding context to the relationship of him and the Emperor, which, you know, yes. in the in the movies, we're like, you know, it just seems like loyal leader and follower. Yes. Right? Like Sith Lord, whatever, Prince, you know, whatever yes. the, the titles are. Um, but so, it, but you don't see the, uh, you know, the, uh, trying to think the word, like the difficulties between their relationship, you know, you don't right. see any, any other, like, it's always just him following this order until, you know, he wants him to kill Luke and then, you know, he turns then. Right. So you don't really get a lot of like what, what has maybe built tension up into right. that. And these explore that I think in a great way, the, you know, in volume one, uh, they establish, you know, that, Hey, the emperor is looking for somebody else to do Vader's job. Basically like that. He thinks Vader's not doing it efficiently enough, uh, or not doing what he wants, uh, stepping out of bounds a little bit here and there. So he hires, uh, he's basically looking for another army and then, you know, now Vader's looking for his like private army, trying to find his own legit followers. So there's like a lot of like, I mean, I think that's, you know, we've talked about that. It's like the most interesting stuff I think in star Wars is the politics of it. Essentially right. is the politicking between, you know, the major players and, you know, obviously there is, you know, the Jedi is the most interesting thing in star Wars, but I think if you're looking at the story, it comes down to the politics. And I think this is an interesting look into that behind the scenes, of that that's the thing that has kept me interested the most is to see what he does and then how that relates to what the emperor is going to find which brings me to the point of where i think it it kind of sucks that it's limiting in that way because imagine if you wrote this in its own universe right say you don't have those movies you don't have to like all right he's gonna come back to the emperor eventually but you have to write this story that way um, which I think, you know, maybe like for the creatives that are writing, this is like a good challenge and that, you know, it brings out the best in their writing abilities. Uh, but I just wish they would also have like an open, an open end to that too. You know, like it maybe like, cause I kind of know where this is going to end up at some point. Uh, but I do know, you know, uh, but at least everything that's been happening so far is entertaining. It's him trying to prove himself to the emperor. He has, um, who's the, the female character that is Dr. Afro. Yeah, Afra, she's, you know, she's a super interesting character. Uh, she has information. And then, I, you know, I, I leave the second volume off. You're figuring out that these other people that the Emperor has brought on as his apprentice, you know, 
which is also kind of a rule breaking thing. I thought, right? Like they shouldn't have two apprentices, but he has this other guy that's playing essentially that role and he's setting Vader up with her. Uh, so that's where volume two leads off. So I need to read volume three. Cause that's where I feel like the story is going to get the most interesting is to see how that plays out. Cause he's been like a step ahead of her, yeah. but he hasn't really been because he doesn't really know what the, her end goal is. He can tell she's setting traps. He can tell she's doing things, but she can't, he can't tell like why he doesn't know what her, who's leading that or anything yet. Um, yeah. I don't know how you felt uh, when you read it, but I, I think this is, I just wish you could add this context to those, to those movies, like even in like a, a small way to where it doesn't, this paints that relationship a lot better between yeah. him and the Emperor. Well, that's how it's always been in kind of the expanded universe of Star Wars, which now they call it uh, Legends, and it's kind of like, uh, you could still read that stuff. This is all like the novels and comics before yeah. Disney bought them. You could still read that stuff, but it's not canon. It doesn't actually exist. So mm-hmm. they they used to do that all the time where they would expand upon a relationship or they would be, oh, remember that character that was in the background of that one scene Here's his whole story. And that would be a lot of fun of Star Wars is examining this little piece in the background. And then you get a full-fledged story on it. That's kind of what they're doing now with these comics. And what I've loved ever since Marvel or ever since Disney bought Lucas, the writers and the artists that they put on all of these Star Wars books have been A+. plus. Like, this is Kieran Gillen. Um Addy Granoff does the covers. I love his painted art. And yeah. Salvador La Roca uh, does the interiors. Mm-hmm. These guys are like, a, like I said, top-level talent on all of these books. And I would say 99% of the, the Star Wars books that I've read <laughs> yeah. coming after um, Disney Bottom have been fantastic. Like, there's very few I would not recommend. But this was at the top of my list to recommend to people as well as the main star Wars book itself, just called star Wars. And that one also is set in between four and five uh, of the movies. Yeah. So if you know, after you're done with, with these Vader books, that's where I would recommend you go next. Or if someone's listening and they want to know, I would Mm -hmm. recommend going there, but yeah, definitely you're about halfway through. There's four volumes um, of this series. And, and this is, I think the most interesting, I know there's other books too that I'm, I've, I'm assuming are also good because I also saw there was like some crossover in between the books too. Yes. Uh, so yes. Between some stuff. So I need to like get all that together too and figure out where I'm at with that as well. But uh, yeah, that, I'm about halfway through that. Um, it's, it's really good. I think, you know, like you said, the art, the art is amazing. Actually. I think it's really clean looking. It all looks good. It all looks like star Wars universe. And like you said, I think the covers might be the best thing about these. Um, just even the, uh, this one, this looks like for the 27 omnibus, the, uh, uh, the star Wars Darth Vader by Charles, uh, soul. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. The cover for that thing looks, looks awesome. Um, yeah. I was yeah. using that as my avatar on, yeah. I think on discord and some other places. But yeah. yeah, that and that book is really good. That book, um, just to give you a little preview, is yeah. it goes really deep into Darth Vader's history and also his psyche of mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of different things, a lot of trauma that he went through, a lot of yeah. stuff with his um, his wife, his you know his upbringing, his mom, a lot of that stuff it goes into in there. And uh, you played that VR game. Also, that yeah. Vader VR game, yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot of that stuff, too, where he's trying to discover how to bring his wife back. And yeah. so he's trying to go through all these ancient Sith 
rituals and stuff. So yeah. highly recommend both of these um, books, but definitely um, this is the one to start with, this 2015 Vader. And they, and they never did um, – sorry to interrupt you, but did they, they ha- did, do they have a Vader show in development at all? Is there any news about anything like that? No, so the, the closest is in that Obi-Wan show, we know Hayden Christensen is going to be in it. Oh, okay. So that's going to be I, – I, we don't know the extent of it, but yeah. that's going to be the Vader show pretty because much is, is Obi-Wan. There's there's things like – maybe, maybe that's going to be it, but there's – and I know people argued the point when I made it that I felt like a Boba Fett show, which essentially is the Mandalorian, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's – he's not in it, or he is in it, but not like – it's not Boba Fett, but it is uh-huh. a Boba Fett show, right, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, it, to me, feels like a no-brainer, right? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome, especially if, you know, you have the right stuff behind it now, right? This also, to me, is in that same vein where I'm like, if you have a Vader show, you, it could be shitty and people are going to turn in, but I think you have the right things to do it now. Um, James Earl Jones, I don't know how old he is, and I, I don't know what his capabilities are, but I think you could find a, a different voice for that or, the you know, a similar voice. Um but man, like I think if you could add this stuff into like a, a serialized or you know a TV show, you know, or, and it, maybe you change things, but I think you could do a lot with with some of this material too. Um, and I and I do hope, yeah, if it's in the Obi Wan show, I hope that's it, right? Like, and I hope, I mean, if I'm looking at the Obi Wan show, I'm looking for the Maul stuff too. You know, what I mean, there's like there's like a ton of stuff that I lo- I would look for from the Clone War. Like, I man, I there's so many possibilities. I'm like. Uh, also, I'm kind of excited you gotta, for anything. Yeah, yeah. You, if you're a Maul fan, like I know you are, you got to finish Rebels. There's a lot of good Maul yeah. stuff in Rebels. Mm. Yeah, that's my that'll be my next like major TV thing after I get caught up on a bunch of the stuff I'm looking at now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then you also read a couple Batman things. Joker presents a puzzle box number seven. Yeah, and this is. I, I don't know how many issues. Like the last time we talked about this, we were like, "Oh yeah, the next one's going to be the last issue," and and it's like now there's like ten more issues. I don't know what's going on yeah, with this. Yeah, I'll continue reading it. And have you read the seventh one yet? Or you uh, still seven? I I'm behind on, so I need to read that. On. Okay. One. They so they interview they inter- introduce Jarvis. Uh, you know, um, what's his actual character name? It's oh, Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they introduce Mad Hatter in this thing. Okay. Uh, so there's some good stuff. I do like the art of this book. Nice. It's still. Like, I don't know how much longer they can keep this going. Like, they can keep doing things. Like, in this one, they, they pair up Bane and um, Penguin, okay. you know? And, and, like, you know how, like, the last couple books have had two of them, you know, together in the beginning of the story. And they, they, like, things happen. And that's how they both end up all in this, like, cell. Um, so they do that with Bane and Penguin. And then Jarvis the Mad Hatter, you know, he has his bit at the end. And I really like how they actually drew him in this. You should look at that, too. I don't know... Uh, if it compares to other people, but I just like, I was like, oh, I like the way he looks and this it. It looks weird. Okay. Nice. Um, just, the, I, I don't know. It's nothing like that super stands out to me, but I just think it's good. Okay. I was like, that's what I imagine when I think of that character. Um, but yeah, it's progressing kind of, kind of well, um, a little slow to me at this point, you know, they've, I'm kind of honestly like when, when does Batman play into this, you know, or where's the twist? Like it's getting a little long in the yeah. tooth. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of, you know, a little bit, uh, I don't know if I would say disappointed, but I just, I would like more stuff to be revealed or I would yeah. like something major to happen in this, not just adding to this one single mystery, like, you know, piece by piece. This is probably going to play well in, in a trade or collected format when you have 
everything all together. Yeah. Or, you know, I think this would have been good for like, I think it's a great idea for something like a, uh, like we mentioned in the video game, like when Paul Dini was talking about writing those, those Batman video games, he's like, I have to figure out something that gets these guys all in the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you normally you would have like, you know, your one story, your main villain that you're pushing, but this would be a good way to get all of them in the same room. Um, so I've been reading that. And then the other thing I need to listen to is the Batman pause. This was the Batman day was the other day, which I had no idea about, um, shows how much of a fan I am. I guess but <laughs> nothing happened. They didn't do anything. You know, I was hoping maybe they would drop the Batman trailer, but I don't think that comes out till the beginning of next year, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, March. But they did release the podcast. It's like an adventure series on HBO. Yes. Um so that is something I I I will listen to. Uh, I think there are major names attached to that as well. Uh that looks super interesting to me. I'm sure you'll you'll get to that as well. Yes. Um so, you know, that's kind of in my Batman. We'll do the should do like a Batman update of the week. <laughs> and, yeah, really uh, there's there's something. plenty of content. Um, yeah. especially going into next year like you said the new Batman movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um and there's 10 episodes. So you can actually watch two episodes of it or I guess listen to two episodes of it on the HBO Max YouTube page. But mm-hmm. then also if you have HBO Max, there's 10 episodes of it's called Batman the Audio Adventures and the voice is actually of Batman the guy who plays Gordon in the the movie that's coming up Jeffrey Wright and he's oh. been in a ton of stuff okay um, yeah yeah he's he, a very accomplished actor um but yeah he's playing Batman and I I don't know the other cast I'm on HBO Max's uh webpage here but they don't have any cast listed but yeah I definitely want to check this out it looks like each episode is about 35 to 40 44 minutes. Yeah, the first episode one is 35 minutes on YouTube. It has like a little visualizer here with like a little radio with the bat emblem in it. Um, and you know, I do, I do like this vibe that they're giving off with this stuff because it, it all strikes me as like similar to the animated series. Uh, and yes. like, I, I think, you know, I think both of us on our list of most anticipated things coming up would be this new, you know, Bruce Tim series that's happening. Oh, with, yeah. You know, JJ Abrams and all that stuff. So I'm like, Anything coming out of HBO for Batman, I'm super interested in. Uh, I'm hoping it's good. You know, I don't see how it won't be, but I mean, it could always be dog shit. But <laughs> that is like something that I always uh, am looking forward to. That is, yeah, that is one of the, the major things. I'm just glad to see this come out of HBO. They, especially exploring the other mediums, you know, all the, all the stuff they did with the Chernobyl podcast and the Watchmen podcast. Like that Watchmen podcast to me is like essential. Yeah. Like, if you're into that show, if you're really into that show, if you're into comics at all, and you watch that show, you need to go listen to the things with Damon Lindelof, too, in my opinion. Yes. Fantastic. He's on a Lost podcast um, right now, too. I, I'm blanking on the name of it, but um, he, they get him as a guest on there all the time. Anytime Damon Lindelof is on a podcast, I always, I always enjoy listening to his thoughts. So yeah, that was great. Batman the Audio Adventures, we'll give that a shot and come back to you guys. And speaking of things that we gave a shot to, we've got our weekly recommendations. Yep. And mine is going to be a comedy that we we spoke about FX on Hulu a little bit earlier, and I would say this is probably my most, well, I I differ from Jeff here. I would say probably uh, what if is my most anticipated show each week? But number Ew. two is going to be my Ew. recommendation: What We Why? Do in the Shadows. Marvel's What If 
is doing way better than Jeff will give it credit for. So it's doing oh. good, but it's no it's no shadows. Well, what we do in the shadows is the funniest show on TV right now, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Especially now that Rick and Morty's off the air or this season's done for Rick and Morty. Yep. Um, highly recommend it. If you haven't seen any episodes, I would start at the movie that they did, which was kind of like not necessarily independent, but it wasn't a huge uh, a huge release either. Um, yeah. But it was Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement that was establishing the whole universe and the world. And mm-hmm. then you go from there to the American series, which you can catch all of that on Hulu. Yeah. And just, it was fantastic from day one, from the first episode. Um, now we're in, in the third season. Yeah. And it's just been great. That's how I recommended it to a friend of mine at work. I was like, all right, here, watch the movie. Because then you can go watch the show and it's a different cast, but it sets the the ground for like what you're gonna get. I'm like, if you don't like the sh- the movie, then like you might not like the show. But I would still maybe maybe watch at least a couple of those episodes, or I would recommend a couple of them. And yeah, this latest one was um, it was like one of the funniest episodes I think they've done. They go to Atlantic City. He has the, the he went into the Big Bang slot machine yeah. like <laughs> like it just like the show. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> just like the machine. Yeah, that was and, yeah. Uh, Man, yeah, they are just, they're nailing the show so far. And, yeah. like, um, I would say the only thing I'm waiting for is it to pay off for a little bit on that, uh, the second episode where they are playing is um, Nandor, uh, where Naja is Nandor. And she's, like, revealing, like, they're like, oh, you love Guillermo. You talk about Guillermo oh, all the right, time. Right, right. Like, I'm yeah, waiting yeah. for some of that stuff to pay off. I, I know it's going to come. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, the last two episodes of the show have been my favorite of the season and some of my favorites of the entire show. They're just like, they just make me laugh so hard. Like Colin Robinson, especially in this last one, when they're eating, when they're eating and they're trying to get secrets out of Guillermo and the way he talks to Guillermo. Um, yeah, I, I love that show. Yeah. So highly recommend what we do in the shadows and you have a recommendation as well. Yeah. And this is something you are ignorant of right now. I've never heard um, of this. So there's a, a series on Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. I think they're in three seasons right now. There's three full seasons. They did an episode. You know, you might have seen the Benoit episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They did a two-part Benoit episode, so you're yes. at least familiar with that. So they're doing like the most controversial stuff in the wrestling stuff. And this week, they released a an episode called The Plane Ride from Hell. And this tells the story of a pretty famous incident um if you're in the in you know the wrestling world i'd only ever heard of it a little bit like my other friends that are way more into wrestling have uh heard more about this before um but basically and i'll link you to a wikipedia article um it describes the events uh of going from it was a wrestling show that happened in london and they were flying over the atlantic to uh back to connecticut right the headquarters of wwe and they had a, uh, they got on the tarmac. They were on the tarmac. On the show, they revealed that it was seven hours waiting on the plane before they took off to fly across uh, the ocean. Uh, all the bunch of the other accounts from earlier stuff about this was that it was a couple hours. So I don't know which one to believe, but this one, they were drugging people. Uh, they would do these, they, they had a drug called Halcyon. They would H bomb people, which would knock you out. Rob Van Dam is in here and he's revealing that they would do it to each other on the plane to do pranks on each other. And he was like, just casually mentions that they would do it to other women 
or to they would do it to women to have their way with them. Um, there, it is insanely revealing. And basically, these guys are causing chaos. Brock Lesnar and another guy are full-blown wrestling, fighting on the plane. Ah. And you can imagine those guys fighting on a plane. And you know, you imagine you're in the middle of the air. Them, them two guys going at it. There's uh, Scott Hall is wasted. He's grabbing stewardesses and telling him he's going to lick them. And he's just knocked out. And then uh, Dustin Rhodes, the gold dust is on there. And he's his wife was, uh, uh, what's her name, Terry Runnels, I think, something yes. like that. Yes. she's He's on there like serenading her on the mic, won't give the stewardesses the mic. There's and video just, of this? Like, trash. There's not video, but I'll, I'll get to this. They, there is, like, they do like animations or re oh, okay. They're telling the story from like Jim Ross, Rob Van Dam. Uh, X-Pac is on here. His nice. Movie. They're, they take segments of these guys telling the story and they're telling okay. the truth because Jim Ross at the time is like, it's kind of the GM. You know, he's the guy like Vince tells him, okay, you're going to fire this guy, hire, you know, you're going to suspend this guy, find this guy. So that's the role Jim is playing uh, in this. And he's in here telling you the story. Anyway, to cap it all off, not to make it too long, there's other stuff that's happening. Uh, they tell the story of Ric Flair, uh, of what he was doing on this flight, which I'll just tell you right now. And I guess a warning if you're listening to this. They talk about how Ric Flair, with the stewardesses, uh, flight attendants, I guess, maybe is how I should say it. I don't know. The flight attendants, he gets in his robe, nature boy robe. He's naked underneath it. And, I mean, let's just say he's doing the helicopter. <laughs> what they're talking about. What, and, like, he, he corners one of them. And they have her. She is on this episode. This is, like... A super intriguing episode. He is getting my like, watch this tonight. Yeah, he is losing all kinds of sponsors. Like they are cutting. <laughs> they, there is there. They had a thing on the WWE Network where he tells a story similar to this, and they cut it out. They took it off. Uh, right? They don't want you to know about it, but it's all over the internet now because it's it's blowing up. Dang. But there are multiple re recounts of him doing this, where he gets naked under the robe and dances up the aisle on the plane, and she describes like. You know his advances towards her, trying to put her, make her, make him touch him, and all this shit. It is crazy what they were doing, and this is all within like a nine-hour period. All this stuff is happening on this plane. They're talking about like when they got off the plane. You know, normally they come up and down with the trash bags. That didn't happen because of all the stuff going on. Um, this the episode that I linked in the show notes. You need to watch that one. Like you can skip the other ones. It's fine. There's the series. The whole series is great. If you're into wrestling, there's a lot of stuff they reveal. Uh, they cover things that WWE will not touch. You know, they get a lot of stories that like the Benoit stuff, especially like you cannot mention him in WWE. And here they cover the whole story. This whole series is great. But this one, the plane ride from hell, uh, it's up on YouTube right now. Uh, you can watch it for free. Uh, it's on my Plex too. If you want to watch it, it's up there. Um, it is a crazy story, and uh, yeah, they. If you just Google Ric Flair right now, it is really revealing. Like people have found like other instances of where they reference him doing that. So clearly, this is like a thing he was doing. You know, like he can't deny that he did this kind oh, of stuff. Um, and then her recount of it is uh pretty gross. Uh, for them to do that to those people. Uh, yeah, that is. Uh, it is an insane story. You got to watch it. All right, you've convinced me. I'm going to watch probably tonight. Um, yep. And my wife is is a fan of pretty much all of those people that you mentioned, but spe yeah. specifically Ric Flair. Um, so I definitely want to check this out tonight. Uh, that is a good recommendation from 
our boy Jeff W. And that's going to bring us to a close on this episode of Seasons Change. But we want to thank you for listening. You can always check us out on all of your favorite podcast players. If you'd like us, go ahead and re- leave us a review in whatever podcast player you got. Most most of you guys are listening in iTunes or in Apple Podcasts, so go ahead and leave us a review there. Share us with your friends and check us out on Twitter, Vactor, Jeff W, and Seasons underscore podcast. Yep. Sure. Um, so that is what's going on in our world. But next week, or maybe, you know what? I don't even know if we'll do necessarily weekly, but whenever we have a good uh, topic to talk about, we'll be back on yep. Seasons Change. Like you saw last week, we had that PlayStation talk. And that was less than a week. So yep. whenever something kind of strikes our fancy, we'll go ahead and, and leave that uh, or, or do a podcast on that for you. Oh, also, don't forget to check out my recurring segment on the Geek So To Speak podcast. It's called Vactor Loves Comics. Uh, Geek So To Speak is also has a YouTube channel that they're putting up all their episodes as well as some great gaming uh, videos from both Shoff and Rob. So check out the boys over at Geek So To Speak. Thanks and, to Rob for leaving that review as well. Yeah, Rob, thanks for leaving us a review. And guess what, Jeff? Can you can you hear it? What? It's the seasons changing. I hate you. <laughs>